0: night because we're talking about richmond the second race of the nascar playoffs for 2020 and uh i don't know for me uh you know i i could see the whole debate unfolding in real time on twitter over whether this was a good race there was a lot of people going back and forth you could see sort of like the uh the purest element of it like i think even you know drivers i saw you know like uh matt tift ryan vargas people like that and they were saying hey this is good this is like an old school race you know Mm -hmm. Um, but then you had a lot of fans and I'm going to put myself in this category as well who were you know were like man I mean there was no cautions in this race a short track race Um, for the first time you know there's only the third time since 2002 that there's been no natural cautions I'm not counting the stage cautions and competition caution there was no incidents you know Um, so you know for me uh, I, I would expect more out of a place that was once known as the
1: action track, but let's start out
0: by uh, by debating this. Jordan, what do you think?
1: I think you need to learn how to manage your expectations a little bit. I mean, this was a typical Richmond race. This is what we have seen out of Richmond. I don't know the last few years, and I will actually say this: I actually think this is one of the better Richmond races in recent years. Because while Keselowski led a lot, I mean, he he, I won't say dominated. He led a lot of laps. Last few years, we've been subject to you know one or two drivers leading three hundred plus laps combined. You know tonight it was a pretty open race where if Dylan doesn't make a mistake getting on pit road, he's gonna he's really gonna give Brad a, a run for his money. I thought this was a good race. We saw passing throughout. We saw guys good over short runs, guys over long runs. We saw different strategies. You gonna make one stop in a stage or you gonna make two? I thought this was actually for richmond which has like you said the lack of cautions is concerning but that's part of a bigger problem at richmond over the last few years we just don't see a lot of cautions it's we see a lot of long green flag runs i actually thought this was pretty good this was this was this this my expect i guess maybe because my expectations were so low but this i walked away from this going this is a pretty good race and it went pretty quick
0: uh yeah i mean for me um look i i've been to many, many, many Richmond races. Um, and you know, look, it, it, does race, I think more like a mile and a half track at times, uh, than mm-hmm. a short track. I mean, it's, it's called a short track cause it's, you know, three quarters of a mile. And so it gets grouped in with, uh, Martinsville and Bristol, but clearly it, it doesn't, it shouldn't even be mentioned in the same sentence in a lot of ways because, um, Agreed. it, it just, it, you know, it's now back when, back when I used to go though, uh, like early, like my Rocky Mount, uh, telegram days, I would drive up the road. It was like my home track. I mean, there was like double digit cautions every race there. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm looking at, I'm looking at racing reference now. Um, I mean, you had 12, 11, 14, 12, 11, 14, 15, 10. Um, then, you know, it, it was still kind of like eight, 15, 11, kind of that kind of thing. Nine, um, four years ago, there was 16 cautions in the, in what was the cutoff race. For the regular season so to only have three tonight and none of them be actual real cautions um again at a short track at a place that ha- used to have the action track printed everywhere they dropped that they mm-hmm. quietly dropped that slogan um again i mean it's just look it i could understand where you're coming from as far as hey you know let it play out and different strategies and stuff if we're talking about kansas if we're talking about texas pocono michigan Something like that. But when you have a short track and there's only six short track races per year on the NASCAR schedule and you're like, oh, cool, a short track. And there's like the the biggest incident, like wow, moment of the night was James Davison scraping the wall that left no debris and they just kept it green. Ah, uh, you know, mm, no, sorry. That's just not it's just not going to cut it for me. Um, I have a little bit higher expectations than that. So you're right. My, maybe my expectations were misaligned. But uh, I just I wasn't really super uh, super feeling it. Didn't come uh, walk away from that race feeling satisfied with the uh, the product tonight.
1: No, and I understand that. And it is a short track, but it's also not a traditional classic short track. It's not high banked. It's not tight quarters. So it's it's almost unfair to lump it in with Bristol and Martinsville and say, well, it's a short track, and just and you immediately expect guys you know, running into each other, bumping and banging and slamming each other out of the way that, you know, we have seen that at Richmond at times, but more often than not, that's not the case, especially the last few years. It's been long green flag runs. It's got, that's, getting- that's
0: the, that's the key though. That's the key. What you're saying the last few years, because I don't want to hear some revisionist history here that Richmond's always been this way. Richmond used no, to, I'm telling no, you, no, Richmond did used to be the action track.
1: I'm like, I, like I said, good time. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I mean, changed, a decade it, ago. Well,
1: how? What? What? What happened? That's a good question, and I don't know the answer to this. And I think Clint Boyer. Uh, did you hear the Clint Boyer uh, Zoom call? Yeah, that was my question. Yeah, I think it oh, was your It well, was a great question. You did a great job. <laughs> it was brilliant. I mean, will never forget it. <laughs> oh yeah, go ahead. Make your point. No, but I mean, I, I think he made a good point. I think. I mean, it comes down to tire wear. And I thought there was tire wear tonight, but it does seem that it just feel that whatever reason the field gets strung out here, you know, over. And we, and when you get the field strung out, you're just not going to get that, those short track moments, which is unfortunate. And you go back, you mentioned the, the caution statistics from a few years ago. I remember the cutoff. We, this used to be the regular season cutoff race. It was like, you'd get that late caution and then everybody would bunch up and it would be caution, 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 just because everybody was bunched up. There was so few laps left. and Everybody just went bonkers. So, I think if you would have got it caution late tonight, you probably would have gotten more of them, but you know I don't know if it's the aero package, I don't know if it's a tire I'm not sure what it is Clint Boyer seemed to think that they should fix the tire it's just this track does not produce the kind of racing that it used to.
0: yeah, and you know I think that I you know going back to the expectations thing you know when when i you know last year the you know the the second richmond race was was really a dud. And, uh, you know, everybody just looked at, at at that and they were like, this is just more proof of this package not working. And, and with the 750 package coming back tonight, you're like, OK, well, this is going to be a better race. This is going to be a good short track race now because people get closer. And I think they could race. They, they could race a little bit more for sure than they than they could last year. Uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. just everybody was completely stuck in place. You know, that that wasn't the case. But um, again, it's uh it's a matter of. My, you know, if it was a mile and a half track, if this was a mile and a half race tonight, um, and we saw what we did, I, I think people would be like, "Hey, man, that was a good race. You had comers and goers, and you know, interesting stuff." But again, I just think for for a short track, it's it's a different, it's a completely different set of expectations. Just like if it was a super speedway race, and there was no big one, and it stayed green the entire time. People go, oh, that was okay, okay that was a good race. There was some strategy, but that's not what I expected when I tuned in for a Daytona. You know what I mean? Hmm. So I think I it's the same thing that. here.
1: Okay? Because I don't need giant crashes at Daytona, because I will go back to this year's Daytona, um, regular season family, where in stage two, there was no big one, and that was the most dramatic, intense racing we've had all year. You don't need – I don't – I just – this thing of you need cautions, you need you know. Yes, you'd like to have you know, bumping and banging and frayed tempers and thing, but you can't have that every single short track. You just it's, that's not realistic. It's just that's not what the short way track is. racing is. Contact. It's not true. Go back to Martinsville this year. Martinsville. Martin Truex Jr. dominated Martinsville. Well, that wasn't then, a good race then. I, I, that's fine, but it's just you. The expectation that you're going to have these kind of moments at every single short track, that's just unrealistic. All right. Well, you
0: know, I think we should just uh, let's just do the poll right away here, um, (laughs) because let's just, you know, instead of saving it for the end, our guess is on the was it a good race poll. Let's knock it out early and then we can get into talking about what actually happened in this race tonight. Um, I think this could shout. Now, I think there'll be a lot of people like you. Uh, First of all, I need to say that, you know, I just missed it by point nine percent last week. So
1: congratulations. I'm I'm, uh,
0: I'm I'm riding high right now. I'm feeling confident. Uh, in my picks I think this is going to be um, a sub 40 percent yes rate I think it's going to be now the lowest race uh, the worst rated race uh, of the year so far is Atlanta 36.8 percent second worst is Pocono um, 42.9 I honestly think this could challenge for worst race of the year now like again I, I say there's I know there's a lot of people out there like you who thought you know okay cool for whatever reason this this satisfied them tonight for a short track race that's fine they'll vote yes i just don't think there's enough of you to uh to salvage it <laughs> so um i think it'll i think it'll uh barely avoid being the worst race of the year i think it'll be 38 percent is what i'm going with for the was it a good race poll what about you
1: i'm gonna go 48 percent i think it was just one of those races was- <laughs> wait 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 stop hold everything you just yeah. saying this race's praises,
0: and then now you're gonna say it's only gonna it's, get forty eight percent.
1: Well, first of all, hang on. Was first of all, this race wasn't the most amazing race ever. It was perfectly adequate. Secondly, I'm just trying to win the damn poll. So if I go forty eight percent, I know I'm gonna win the poll. I have a really good chance of winning the poll because if I go too high, there's way too big of a gap.
0: Look, there's been uh there's been twenty, including the All Star and Clash and stuff like that there's been uh, 29 races this year. If it got 48%, that would be the third worst race of the year. So you're saying as much as you
1: love this race and oh you didn't you didn't need all this stuff. It's going to be the third worst race of the year? I'm just saying that I'm trying to bridge the gap a little bit to position myself best to win this stupid thing we do every <laughs> week about picking up a, a good race or not. And if I if I went like 60 and the race turns out to be fifth, you know. The race turns out to be forty-five. Uh-huh. I'm gonna lose, so I'm just, I think I you just should wanna, go sixty. No, I just want to win this stupid thing and move on.
0: Okay, so 40, 48 for you, thirty-eight for you know, me. And uh, again, not
1: reflective of the race quality. But again, I don't vote on the actual <laughs> race quality every week because it's not about what I think. It's about what I think the fans are gonna vote. And honestly, I have no freaking clue what the hell they think most of the time because I'm way off. So you're, you're not in tune with uh, our listeners here. Not you're not at in tune all, with the apparently. No.
0: Okay. All right. Well, you can comfortable admit uh, in admitting that. Um, Jordan, something else being comfortable to admit is that um, our sponsor Manscaped, uh, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Um, as I've said in previous podcasts, Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Um, again, that's still not copyrighted. <laughs> by me it's in this ad read um but if you're interested in hearing more about this the premium lawnmower 3.0 is a water is waterproof and it includes an led light we still don't know exactly why it includes an led light i i, I still i Maybe promise to, to, to research dark, this i don't know oh oh boy that would be i mean still talk about dangerously. Uh, yeah dangerously well fortunately for you i think even if you did do it in the dark it is made with advanced skin safe technology which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside the Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. Both super practical and they smell great too. I will take their word for it. It says it right here. I have no reason to doubt that that would not be true. You mean you haven't tried it out yourself yet? Well, I'm just waiting for them to send me, I'm waiting for the box. Uh, show up every day, Manscaped. Um, But anyway, if you did get this box, uh, which we will give you the offer in a minute, um, when you order this perfect package kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. Um, And they are not only anti-chafing, but they are cooling boxer briefs. So I don't, uh, you know, I don't think I've ever had cooling boxer briefs before. I'm not even sure about that technology, but um, they had a cool suit
1: for your, you know, your delicate area.
0: Well, it says uh, it, they have the crop cooling technology built into them to keep your pride and joy supported and comfortable. So um, anyway, if you want to try this out for yourself, uh, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC20. From the moose to the caboose, always use the right tools for the job. Uh, Jordan, so uh, speaking of right tools for the job, I think Brad Keselowski um, certainly seemed to have the right tool for the job at Richmond because he had his New Hampshire car, um, Mm -hmm. which he won with previously uh, on this same tire, a one-mile track. Then he brings it to Richmond. Um, Guess what else has this same tire? Uh, It's going to be the Phoenix race. And Mm -hmm. so it certainly seems like Brad Keselowski, if he makes it to Phoenix— which looking pretty decent right now. Uh, boy, he is going to be a real big threat. I, I would not want to go up against him with a car not that's won uh, twice on this tire. Uh, I think Eric E. Step uh, pointed out on Twitter he has three 750 wins this year. Yep. Um, McGonnell's got one too. I mean, I mean we've been talking Harvick Hamlin all
1: year, but this is all about that. one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What'd he say? Uh, and he's like, yeah, he, he just kind of dismissed it and just said, you know, it's a great point but we're not thinking about that right now. He's honestly just really freaked out about round two. I think most people are just because you, you can't look ahead. It's hard to look ahead to Phoenix when you, you've got the tracks, you know, Las Vegas, Talladega, Roval, and round two. That just, they're honestly scared the hell out of people. It's But if you look at it though, you get to Phoenix. They have Penske organization has four wins this year on seven fifty with the 750 rules package. That's more than Stuart Haas racing. That's more than Joe Gibbs racing. We talk a lot this year about Harvick and Hamlin, but you can make a very good case that if they, if one of those guys, Logano, or Keselowski, gets to, to Phoenix, where Logano won there earlier this year, by the way, um, they certainly deserve consideration as you know the label of favorite. And that's you know that's exactly what uh, people
0: both like and hate about this system, uh, depending on which side about you're you're on. Uh, you know the the fans who. Uh, Are still kind of resistant to the whole one race playoff thing. They they despise the idea that somebody could have an outstanding regular season like a Harvick or Hamlin. Clearly, those two, you know, most people would say, yeah, one of those is going to you know deserves to win the championship. And then somebody else comes along, you know, uh, and and I I think it's it makes it hard to uh, hard to reconcile it. I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but you know, if you had a, a Logano say who's really not been that much of a threat most of the year, if he somehow makes it and wins at Phoenix, I mean, of course you say, yeah, he deserves it. Cause he made it that far and he won fair and square under the rules. But um, yeah, it's, it's just going to be hard to wrap your head around that. That's what the definition of the champion is, you know? Um, but again, we're going to have plenty more time to talk about this. It's just, it's just a weird, a weird dynamic that suddenly we go. Now I, I will say that we've, we've been including Keselowski, um in many of our final four predictions throughout the summer and we keep mentioning him as a threat. So he's not off the radar. He has the third most playoff points. Um, he had a pretty decent regular season and he has four wins now. So it's, it's not like he's, you know, some sort of fluke guy, but um, it's just, it's just a weird circumstance when you have a, a different package than you use for most of the races, you know, this tire that people aren't too thrilled about. I mean, you you mentioned mm-hmm. Clint Boyer earlier saying, Hey, and, and his quote, by the way, we never touched on it. This Clint, Boyer's quote for Richmond, by the way, was uh, we need to put on a better show. This didn't wear, you know, it was like a highway, all that stuff, uh, all, despite all the races um, this weekend. And, you know, Denny Hamlin said as well after the race, they're trying to do like a one size fits all with with a tire on sort of these one mile and, um, you know, three quarter mile tracks. And maybe that's not the best way to do things, but that's that's the reality. And that's how they are doing things. So, you know, if you get a guy that's really good on that tire, like Kozlowski is and you're going to give him a chance to, to win, I mean, the, the competition better keep him out. That's all I can say.
1: Let me point something else out to you, too. We talk about Brad and how good they are, and Penske is on the 750 package. Uh-huh. Do you know who struggled a little bit this year with the 750 package? No. Denny Hamlin. Go back to Martinsville uh, earlier this year. Hamlin was awful in that race, one of his worst races at Martinsville ever. Today, started strong, had a speeding penalty in pit road, got back in traffic, car was never really good, finished 13th. That's worrisome. If you're going to Phoenix, and we we've talked a lot about how good he is at Phoenix and everything, and, but if you look at his results this year with this 750 rules package, that's that gives you a little bit of concern of saying, "Hey, wait a second, maybe this isn't the surefire you know Harvick Hamlin championship that we thought it was going to be." And I, I think it's just something to keep in mind as we go forward because it is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But didn't he um, didn't he have a pretty decent Loudon though? Uh, hang, hang on, let me look. No, oh, well, Brad okay. no, Brad dominated Loudon.
0: Right, no, I know. I know Brad won, but I thought I, th- I thought I remembered Denny going, "Hey, yeah, you know, we didn't we had wrecked out early of Phoenix or something. We didn't get a good baseline for the setup, and now we feel better about it after we ran at Loudon or something." Am I am I just making No, oh, he finished second. He finished second. He led uh um 92 laps at Loudon. Um he started second, finished second. So he yeah, he he was fine there. Um, I don't I don't I'm not I'm not super worried about it he was
1: decent at the other uh, mile and a half track his two best tracks this year though Martinsville and in, in Richmond where he is usually really really good right he was te- he was he was terrible at Martinsville and yeah he was just so-so. so 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 I don't know I mean sure I mean, you want to make the case but I, I just look at those races and say wait a second this is not maybe this isn't what we the perception that we maybe thought is, is maybe we need to reevaluate well I tell you
0: what else too I mean Um, As much as we talked about um, Denny Hamlin going into the playoffs and, you know, he and Harvick are going to come out and do all this and all stuff. I mean, Hamlin, 13th at Darlington, 12th at Richmond to open the playoffs. Um, You know, obviously there's circumstances that go into that. There's mistakes. I know all this stuff. But still, I mean, that's I, I would have expected that they would have come out and. One one of these races, you know, before the playoffs started, I, you would have said, would Denny Hammond win one of the first two races? Darlington, is he so good there? Richmond, he's so good there. Yeah, I would have expected that. So um that's just my take. Um, I, I don't think there's you're wrong there. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, because you know, if he makes the final four, will will people start talking about him as the favorite over? Or will they just say he's he can run with Harvick and handle? Well, I mean, will people I go, mean, he's he's the guy?
1: I, well, I'll say this, too. Harvick, in the last few years, hasn't been dominant at Phoenix like he was. Remember, he had that streak, I don't know, what, four or five years ago where he was just unbeatable there? He's fine there. He's not nearly the dominator like he was, though. Well, wasn't a lot of Harvick's success before
0: the reconfiguration? Yes, it was. So, I mean that's, yeah. So uh, I mean it's not like not like it's been terrible. Uh, no, not not he was, he's
1: not been terrible. He's just not
0: been second, court. fifth, ninth, fifth, first. Uh, that was spring 2018. Fifth, eighteen, fifth, sixth, fourth, first, two thousand sixteen. When did they repave it? You know, off the top of to your head. Like, oh, I I'm sorry, not off the top of my head. Now we've dropped the ball here. Uh, after twelve thirty p.m., uh, twelve thirty a.m. Eastern time. <laughs> Uh Jordan, the machine brain here, um, is going to need to rely on Google. I but... didn't
1: realize. I'm no offense. We, we were talking more about Phoenix than Richmond tonight.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, see, right to my point of why uh, Richmond wasn't a good race. But um, Jordan, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back right after this to talk more about the Richmond race. All right, we're back here. Let's talk about uh, the impact of Richmond tonight on some of these playoff bubble guys. Jeez, uh, it was sort of like um, you, you came into this and you thought, okay, listen, uh, De Benedetto, Blaney, ooh, bad start uh, at Darlington. They've got themselves in a hole here. Surely their goal would be to try to um, shave a few points off that going into Bristol so that they can go into Bristol and not have to be in a position where they're like, oh, we have to win this race or, or we're done. Uh, that didn't happen. Two more bad nights for these guys. Um, Blaney, uh, on the first pit stop has to come back down, tightens two lug nuts. De Benedetto never just was never competitive. Um, he said in his TV interview afterwards that he, they got the car competitive, uh, later, but he, uh, he was never able to get the free pass cause there were no cautions. So he ends up finishing 17th, Blaney ends up finishing 12th at his worst track on the circuit. And now Blaney going to uh Bristol, the elimination race last in the playoff standings, 27 points out. Matt to Benedetto, Matt 25 points out. Clearly, I mean I I don't think you can rely on um oh, you know, everybody'll wreck on a restart ahead of us or something. I mean, they're they're going to have to go out and win, which I think both of them can go out and win. I mean, they're both good at Bristol, but I can't believe that they're in this position, honestly.
1: No, I'm really surprised by Blaney. Blaney was in my final four. I mean, I thought this team had the capability to go deep. They have been fast all year on a variety of racetracks. They have run up front. They've led laps. They put themselves in position. And I've said it earlier this year. They let a lot of wins get away from them. Three, four wins maybe get away from them. And those points they lost are coming back to bite them in a hurry right now. You're asking me about who can go to Bristol and win. Blaney can certainly go to Bristol and win. But this Bristol was a race that, you know, he lost earlier this year. He was running second, spun out on his own, and no reason just spun out. And then Ty Dillon came in and ran into him, and then his day was over. Blaney is very, very good at Bristol. A little bit snake bit, doesn't always finish the races there. But he tends to run up front, tends to lead a lot of laps he is absolutely capable of, of of going there and winning a couple of things are one thing I have concerns about though this is the second week in a row they've had issues on pit road and you just can't have this last week they had a flat tire uh right before the green on, on stage two this week they leave the lug nuts off you you cannot make these kind of you cannot have these kind of issues arise and, and expect to go forward you just you, you put yourself in a hole you're not going to be able to dig yourself out
0: Look, I mean, it's totally unacceptable, honestly, for the whole for his team. Um, it, you just, like you said, you you. I don't understand how you can even get to this point. I mean, for, for to have to come down pit road a second time and give up all your track position when track position matters so much, as we all know. Um, you know why not even hold up the car uh, on pit road and say, "Whoa, whoa, I I didn't get him on" or or whatever. And I don't know that all that goes into that. You know, so I'm not going to pretend to know um, to be an expert on tire changing here, but uh, I mean, it's just it's just a killer right there. You just can't make mistakes like that unless you're Austin mm-hmm. Dillon and you have a excellent race car, which we'll we'll talk about in a little bit. But well, that's
1: the issue too. It's like he's just not good at Richmond. I mean, they, right? They, they, they just that's flat. So I mean, you're already starting behind the eight ball, and then you're just you just keep piling on. I mean, it's it's bad, and and you know, um,
0: I I was actually thinking about your point. Uh, you know, you just raised again as the race was going on tonight about you. Cause you've said, you pointed out, I mean, they've, they've given up um, many playoff points this year and this is like the exact situation where they could have used them. I mean, down 27 points now uh, you know, if you have say if you've converted three of those near wins into wins, that's 15 more points. Um, you know, maybe that also had helped them in the standings So, you know, that could have been some more points, you know, as far as finishing in the top 10, the regular season, all that stuff. I mean, you, you could be looking, going into Bristol. Okay. We only have to go get 10 points instead of, which is doable. I mean, Cole Custer is down by eight points and he kept talking afterwards. Oh yeah, we, we can totally go do it. If we have a good run, we don't have to worry about winning the race, which I agree. I mean, you know, it's it's doable. Eight points. points. Sure. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, they're just in a terrible position now. Um, and, and if they can't get out of this round, what a complete waste of a year, uh, you know, as far as potential for Ryan Blaney. Now, De Benedetto, you know, he barely made the playoffs. I mean, they had a good car at times, but they had an inconsistent season. So if they go out in the first round, you go, hey, he made it for the first time. You know, he did what Paul Menard couldn't do. They have something to build off of. But Blaney, with the speed they had early in the season, um, mm-hmm. Vegas and- comes to mind and stuff like that. I mean, you're just like... To, to Texas, let this season slip away, oh, that Michigan, would just
1: be, yeah. Bristol, yeah. And look, and, and I think, not to pile on Ryan Blaney here, but what makes it even worse about tonight is, look how good his teammates were. Brad Keselowski wins the race. Joey Logano finishes, what did Logano finish, second, third? Uh, third, yeah. Third. So your two teammates finished first and third, and you're struggling just to, to to finish on the lead lap. You think you finished two laps down? I mean, that's just. That's bad. That is really, really bad. And they're whatever you're doing in terms of preparation and getting ready for Richmond is not working. And the interesting is, is, I remember last year, I went to the Ford Simulator with Ryan Blaney for a story, and part of the, the, the focus for that day was them, they were really intent on getting ready for the roble. They felt that was really big and really key. But they also spent about 25% of that test getting ready for Richmond because they said, they sucked at Richmond, and they needed to get better, and they, whatever they did then, it hasn't worked because they're still struggling. Interestingly note, his crew chief last year, who was with them at that simulator, Jeremy Boland, is now Brad Keselowski's crew chief, and they won tonight.
0: Well, and but, I mean, even Blaney in his post-race comments on TV kind of hinted, like, hey, we put in a lot of work this week. I bet they were at the simulator for hours and hours working on this. Um, and you can't, you know, I, I don't really blame Blaney for this playoff collapse. Yeah, he's not no. good at Richmond, but again, to come down Pit Road early in the race and, and you know, at your worst track and then suddenly say, okay, you're gonna have to start from the back, that's difficult. To lose your crew chief to a suspension mm-hmm. oh, that's the, right, yep. the very first week, uh, that's difficult. To lose ten, 10 points, points right off the bat and basically erase all the playoff points you did have, that's difficult. So, um, you know, not to mention the pit road stuff. I mean so it's, i don't really i mean we're we're only talking you know again 27 points that's pretty easy there to account for those points where they could have been um you know had 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 any of those things not happened you can add all those uh, all that stuff back on so i don't really i don't really think it's a situation where you know i'm looking at it like oh you know at stuart Haas back in the day danica patrick was running 20th and three of her teammates finished in the top 10 what's up with that um I don't. I don't know. I just he he's had he's had bad luck, and you know he just can't overcome it sometimes. Now he's gonna have to put it on his shoulders to go to Bristol. But I I don't I honestly don't see either of them actually winning. Uh, I, I that's too tall of an order to go. Look, we we've seen guys uh, in in a must win situation before. You know, like a Denny Hamlin or a Harvick go to a track, a Dover or something like that, Phoenix. And win when they had to, you know, when all the pressure was on. But those are places that they they'd won before. I mean, those were established winning drivers. I mean, to go ask Matt De Benedetto, for instance, hey, go get your first career win in a must-win elimination situation at Bristol. Um, you know, I I just don't that that's that's really no, tough. I, you know, I so. agree 100
1: percent on Matt. That Matt, Matt Matt doing that, I think is I'm not going to say impossible. Blaney absolutely can. In four of the last five races there, three of the last five races there, he's led 100-plus laps. He led 60 laps in the spring here, he had a dominant car, then got crashed. He is, again, he is really, really good. His statistics, his, his actual results don't bear this out. He is darn good at Bristol. He is very capable of going there and winning. But there's a lot of good people at Bristol, too. That's Absolutely. part of the problem. Absolutely. So, No, I know. You I, know. Admit, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying he's he, he is certainly... He is a he is among the very short group of guys that I would pick to win Bristol.
0: Well, I mean you you have you have you know some hungry drivers too who are still in the playoffs, um and, and haven't won. I mean, you know Kyle Busch, I'm sure he wants to go win uh yeah. at, at Bristol. I mean, Kurt Busch can win at Bristol. All these there's a bunch of people who are looking at like, hey, this is my opportunity. Clint Boyer, I'm sure is is being like, hey, you know, I could I could go there and have a really strong run. Maybe I could do it. I don't I don't think that's out of the question. I mean, again a long shot, but um anyway, he's going to have a lot of competition is what I'm saying. It's uh it's the Bristol Night Race, it's the playoffs. It's going to be a lot of uh tension. It's going to be 30,000 fans there, I guess. So um I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be uh very very, very awesome. interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Um I'm I
1: love the schedule.
0: It's great. I, this this round this first round has turned out to be really difficult, first of all. Um, it's really hard to do, you know, t- two short tracks um, and Darlington, the toughest mm-hmm. track probably on the circuit in the first round. There's not a lot of room for error there. And then you mentioned it, but round two, I mean, with <laughs> two wildcard races in the same round, Talladega and the mm-hmm. Roval. Um, it's along so with it, it's, whew, It's tough, man. It's really tough. Um, uh, so, it it, Yeah. Well, Jordan, um, you know, I'll tell you what else is tough. Uh, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Uh, usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. I don't know if you use those excuses before. Personally, I have not, but we're here to help you guys. So with Roman, uh, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet, and getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash teardown and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash Teardown today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Teardown. GetRoman.com slash Teardown. All right, uh, Jordan, we really need to talk about Austin Dillon, don't we? Oh, yeah. The story of the night. Story of the night, and we're saving him uh maybe best, best for last, for last as far best as stories. Last, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, so I mean, total self own here, but holy cow. I mean, I really did not in any way, shape, or form see this kind of performance coming. Um the the I think first time in his career that he's had back to back top five finishes and he does it to open the playoffs. Yeah. Uh and really stunning. Yeah. And he could of maybe won he, both these races. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Um Darlington he he was going to be right there with Harvick and then tonight um he finishes fourth despite speeding on pit road and missing pit road another time. Uh really uh just uh they've had fast cars. They look like they have confidence. They're they're running great. Mm-hmm. Um uh, they the, he finished second in both stages uh, of the opening stages tonight. Uh just uh super impressed. I I really uh I'm not going to totally fall on the sword here. Cause I feel like a lot of you guys who are listening to this are, are with me that you would have thought Austin Dillon would be an easy first round exit. And now I do see some people online on Twitter and stuff. They're going, Oh really? You didn't see this coming. I mean, well oh, oh, he, he's had speed and stuff like that. I mean, he no, I didn't see it coming. No, you he finished he 18th in the regular. No, no. I mean, I, I thought a lot of the season that Tyler Reddick seemed like more of a threat to win races than, than Dylan.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And it wasn't too long ago. Let me remind people that they went to the Daytona road course. Austin Dillon was out due to COVID. Um, Kaz Grala got in the car and everybody was going, oh boy, uh, I guess Dillon's really not that good, is he? Because Kaz Grala had a great finish in his debut and all this stuff. And that makes Dillon look bad. And, you know, oh, Dillon's just silver spoon. You know, all that, that talk popped up again. Right. And now everybody's like, dang, Austin Dillon can drive. Holy cow. Um, you know, he's, he has a 30 something point cushion going into Bristol. I think he's six in points, um, man, this is really, I can't think of, maybe you can, but, um, there's, there hasn't really been too many playoff out of nowhere surprises in terms of good performances over the years. Obviously everybody goes back to Tony Stewart when he won half the races and he had said, I don't, we don't even belong in the playoffs. We can't compete, but usually we kind of know who the good guys are. There's some disappointments or shocks for who's not so good. And, um, but I can't really think of too many times where there's been some out of nowhere, somebody just turns it on who we didn't see coming. Can you?
1: No, I mean, Ryan Newman comes to mind in 2014 when he made the final four. That's a great which one. Is, That's a great one. Yeah. We, also driving for RCR, by the way. Um, but that was more of a, that wasn't him going out and just, you know, contending for wins. That was just kind of not making mistakes, maximizing finishes, and kind of waiting for everyone else to self destruct. Because if you remember that year, just everybody had problems. Yeah, this is different. I mean, this is this is a guy who almost like flipping a switch. They look really good. They're they're leading laps. They're they're running up front, and there's obviously something going. I mean, other people are taking notice on the on the the competition side. Other people are because they are they. That's that car has speed, a lot of speed in it. Um, I have been a Dylan supporter. I, I think he gets a bum rap. I think he's a talented driver who, if you put him in good equipment, can do well. The issue I've always come back to is RCR just has had an issue building consistently fast race cars. They have found something, though, and whatever they have found is working out, and this was a really good track for him. This round sets up really well for him. I mean, he had two top ten finishes in the last three Richmond races, both sixth-place finishes. One of those races, he probably could have won it with a little bit of different pit strategy. So not a complete surprise that he did well tonight, but to come out and to do what he did, that is surprising. And 37 points is a nice cushion to have going into Bristol. Um, I think Dylan's in a good spot to go forward. Yeah, I mean, unless something blows up. And, and
0: you know, it's it's interesting because, in, just as a side note, um, you know, I look at all the points going into next week, and, you know, you're like, okay, Almirola, you know, Boyer, Byron – they're all just so close within single digits, and you know even Kyle Busch, he doesn't have a super comfortable lead. But I'll even you know go up further to guys like Alex Bowman and stuff like that. All it takes is is one restart gone wrong. It, everybody collects uh, into into pile up so easily at Bristol. We've seen, mm-hmm. you know, there's no way to to avoid accidents in a lot of cases, and uh, you know with the with the crash clock and all that stuff, you're not going to be able to get back out and get points. I mean, we really could see, you know, a, a, a late restart or even an early restart that that goes bad, um, decide the bubble. Uh, so, even though you know, I think Dylan's in pretty good shape. Like you said, thirty whatever points, that that's good. But I, I also like to point that um, that Dylan made tonight. He he had a long media session afterward, and you know, he he has confidence. He said, "Look, if we can get through round two, which we've we've talked about it in this podcast." Uh, the wildness of that could be, look. I mean, he has a his Texas car that he won with. That's how he got in the playoffs. He has that ready to go for the Texas race, which is in round three, Martinsville. He felt like he says his car for Martinsville, which it sound, he kind of made it sound like it was the same car as the Richmond car. Um, he said he came from the back a few times, and I don't really remember it. But uh, he said he was confident that he could have done the same thing at Martinsville as he did tonight at Richmond so um, that's two really good tracks there uh, if in that round uh, for him so and then I think Kansas is in, is in round three also I think Kansas is the opening race of round three so again like if he can get there he feels like he could be a final four guy um, and wow uh, if we're talking about final four we just talked about it earlier with Keselowski Keselowski we're saying he's a threat because he ran so well Right. Um, it, it, uh, at Richmond. So maybe that translates to Phoenix. Well, so did Austin Dillon. I mean, that would be the upset of all upsets to see Austin Dillon somehow win the championship. But I, I think he believes it's possible. Um, so, I mean, that would be a heck of a story. Uh, I don't know if I think it's possible after
1: these two <laughs> races, but they're starting to prove a lot of people wrong. Yeah, and they're, he is a driver, and RCR is an organization that thrives, relishes proving people wrong, to kind of stick it to people. They are an organization who you hear the word hater a lot. They love to bring up the haters and how they want to prove the haters wrong and tell them to shut up and go up there and do it. They, they, they have this chip on their shoulder, and I feel like Dylan is better when he has that and he has something to prove. They are certainly doing it now. I'm not ready to put him in the final four by any means, but I think they are going to get out of round one. And, you know, it comes down to round two is, can you get out of Talladega and the, the Roval in decent shape? And, you know, who, who knows? I mean, it's just, I think that's just going to be crazy. So I'm impressed with what I'm seeing. I think it's good. Um, if he if he does end up winning the championship, he would be the first driver to win championships in all three national series, I believe. I mean, this, we can't, we can't get to, you're part the one of who brought it up. On I'm this. just following along. No, I,
0: I, this is what he said. I mean, he, he's going off what he said. No, and I, pretty, I filled you I predicting blanks him the a championship. But, I get it. Oh, please. Oh gosh. Here we go. <laughs> but, um, you know, honestly, I just think, uh, it's a, it's a very interesting story and he, and he does have a lot of haters. I mean, I, I see it online every time you even tweet about him. Uh, you know, you can understand why they feel like it's, it's them against the world because people are constantly taking shots at him and saying, you know, he's just there because of his granddad. And I'm like you, I mean, I I've seen some pretty good driving out of this kid. Um, so I mean, we'll see, we'll see. It'd be a very interesting story to follow. Uh, because again, not too many guys have come along in the playoffs and shaken things up like that. So we will just have to see what happens. And of course, we will be talking to you one week from tonight, uh, Bristol motor speedway. That's going to be, Whew, it's gonna be really fun. I will already be uh, tired from that day, from a day of birthday celebrations. Big four zero for me on Bristol race day next weekend. So oh, happy birthday! Uh, if probably, I if I'll I'm on forget,
1: the but so happy birthday.
0: That's fine. I'll probably have a midlife crisis that day. I don't even know. You might have to find a substitute. Uh, I don't know. I'm having a problem with four zero. Sounds like a big, big number. Oh, I've, I've been I've been dreading it. Oh yeah, As really. young as you feel. Well, I don't feel too young. So, oh, that's, um, I can do We should go. You know what you need is a night out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea during the pandemic when all the bars are closed and, you know,
1: there's,
0: it's, it's, no, it's not going to happen. Okay. Old man. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, exactly. So, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll just celebrate by talking about a race next week. Hopefully, we'll have some, some fun stuff to talk about. Uh, we appreciate all you guys for listening. And I tell you what, we got, so many new subscribers this week to the Athletic. It was freaking awesome. We uh, we relaunched, uh, I guess, sort of the, how how we do things with the news wise. Um, you know, we we uh, I guess since we talked about on our bonus podcast for the subscribers, we talked about the Auto Club Speedway story that we were able to come out with. Then you broke a Bubba Wallace story leaving the leaving the uh, Richard Petty Motorsports team. Um, you had a great story about iRacing. Uh, being used to develop the new Fontana track Um, and then we uh, had a deal that's still going on uh, as far as I know for this week that's $1 a month to subscribe to the Athletic Uh, if you're interested in this deal you can uh, click on any of our story links that we tweet out and you should be uh, prompted with this deal I'm pretty sure that's the best deal they've ever had I mean mean, there's been 50% off deals before but never $1 a month for a year pretty good so if you uh want to keep up with our stuff more all the stuff writing this is definitely the time to do it got a lot of fun stuff coming up um fun stuff to talk about so go ahead and please subscribe um hopefully you you will think it's a good value for yourself
1: jordan any final thoughts uh brad keselowski passed inspection denny hamlin and ryan blaney each had one lug nut unsecured so nothing major there but again more issues for ryan blaney and lug nuts
0: oh gosh Wow,
1: he's probably just like (laughs) he's going to have nightmares oh I know alright well we'll see
0: what happens with him next week can't wait to find out how this story ends we will talk to you next time on the Teardown